Erev Tov, everybody. Welcome to another edition of our Monday night class where we're studying the Sefer Mishlei, the book of Proverbs written by Shlomo HaMelech. It's been a few weeks since we've delved inside the Sefer, but we're back at it here tonight, listening, those listening live, those listening on a recording on the podcast, we welcome you. We are studying the eighth chapter. We are the beginning of Perak Chet, and after warning against the influences of the heretics in chapter 7, which we learn partially, Shlomo HaMelech now turns to the benefits that will be enjoyed by the people who recognize the importance of the Torah. The Sukim in the beginning introduce Chochmah, wisdom as the speaker. And we know that throughout this book we've said many times that wisdom is synonymous with the Torah. And the rest of the chapter it speaks in first person, as the Torah describes some of its many benefits and virtues and the pivotal role as well that it has in creation. So Shlomo HaMelech begins, Perichet, if you're following with me, Pasuk Aleph, Halo tikra utvuna titen kola. Surely wisdom will call out and understanding will raise her. The Torah announces as it were, all the ideas which we're going to say below, the virtues of wisdom are so self-evident that it is as if it calls other people to follow its path. And utfunati ten kola, and understanding will raise her voice. Again, these few psukim that we're going to speak use four verbs, as we're going to see in these psukim, calling out, raising voice, Crying out will speak, symbolizing four different levels of interpreting the Torah. Berosh meromim aledarech bet netivot nitzava. Atop the heights along the way, at the place where pathways diverge, she stands. Atop the heights, the Torah makes its words heard from afar as if it would be calling out from atop high mountains. Along the way, these two Pesukim indicate that the Torah speaks to people wherever they may be found in their course of life. Bet netivot nitzava, at the place where pathways diverge, she stands. The message of the Torah is found at the crossroads, where there are many passerby. The place where a person may mistakenly choose a wrong path, where everything splits into two directions or multi-directions. The Torah is found there, and it's found there to direct us, to guide us onto the correct path. The Gemara and Masechet Avodah Zarah, Tafyutet Amur Aleph, discusses what seems to be a contradiction between these phrases, atop the heights and along the way, and applies these phrases to a person's Torah study. Initially, the Torah appears to be found only atop the heights, but subsequently it appears even along the way. And the, the famous Maharsha explains that at the beginning, at the outset, it's very difficult to understand the Torah. But after continued exposure, one realizes that it's actually easily accessible. It's available to us. It's as if we were, was, was when we were walking along the way, where all people walk, it's right there. And that's why the more exposure, the more a person studies the Torah, the easy it becomes for him to understand the concepts and to apply the concepts to himself and his life. 
ליד שערים לפיקרת, פסוק ג' says, near the gateways of the city. The Ralbag explains that the Torah directs a passerby to the entrance that will lead him to the desired destination wherever he wants to go in life. Mevo petachim tarona. The first three pesukim in this chapter actually speak metaphorically. The praises of the Torah are so obvious that it's as if they're being announced to everyone. Mevo petachim tarona. As, as she approaches the city, she cries out. Rav Hirsch says something very, very deep on this pasuk. He explains that wisdom is neither the heritage, the Yerusha of the privileged, nor is it an academic subject that is far removed from the activities of life. The Torah relates to the entire fullness of life on earth, including every single internal and external relationship of the individual and the society as a whole. And it directs us, its purpose is to direct us through the challenging spirit of brightness, of illumination. And therefore, wisdom, which we said is Torah, involves itself with the vitality of life. And it seeks students, it seeks disciples at the gates of public life, at the entrance of the city's community, it needs people to represent the Torah in the way it was meant to be represented at the doorstep of the home, in the life of the average family, and as well as the scholars. The Malbim says that these two Pesukim, Pasuk Bet and Gimel, portray four successive levels of the study of the Torah. It starts with atop the heights along the way. That, in refer- that refers to the literal meaning of the Torah, the commandments the narratives that are disseminated to all. That's the derech, it's the way, uh, a road where everyone travels on. Then, it's the place where the pathways diverge. That is in reference to the deeper teachings, the homiletical expositions of the reasons of the commandments. We call those the netivot. We call those the paths, because the paths are small roads used only by certain individuals. The next level is that near the gateways of the city. The gateways of the city is refers to the teachings who are reserved that are reserved for the Sanhedrin, the great court, the Torah scholars who sit by the city gates and judge the nation. They render decisions for Am Israel as a whole. And last but not least, you have at the approach of the entrances, Mevo Petachim Tarona. That refers to the hidden, the Sodot, the mystical teachings of the Torah, the secrets of the creation, which are only reserved for a uh, and revealed to a select few, and it's taught individually. Alechem ishim ekra vekoli el bene adam. To you, now the Torah is talking. To you, in first person. To you, men, do I call, and my voice is to sons of men. According to the Vilna Gaon, the men in this pasuk are in reference to the princes the important people who are close to the Torah, they only need a call. Ekra. Alechem ishim ekra. Once you sound something, they're listening. They they, they need something very small to bring them to wisdom. But Bnei Adam, the sons of man, the general population, which is far from the Torah, they they need koli. They need an actual voice. The Ebenezer here 
explains that Ishim is in reference to the wealthy, the rich people. Bnei Adam is in reference to the poor people. And both the Ishim and the Bnei Adam are obligated to hear the words of the Torah. The Mabim explains that, um, that men as distinguished people who have sanctified themselves by removing all impure ideas and thoughts and information that could, God forbid, hinder or impede um, the absorption of Chochmah, this is who the Ishim are. And therefore, it's addressed personally to them. Lesser people who are called B'nai Adam, the sons of man, they can hear the voice of wisdom. Even though it's not personally addressed to them, they can hear it because every person has the ability to attain um, very lofty heights in Torah study. Havinu petaim orma. In Pasuk, hey, Shlomo Amer says, simpletons, the petaim, you simple ones, understand shrewdness. Uchsilim havinu lev. And fools understand in your heart. Simpletons lack the shrewdness to avoid being seduced by the bet, by the Yetzer Ara. And therefore, they are taught to understand cleverness. They need to see the wiles of the Yetzer Ara. They need to understand its tactics. And therefore, they have to get study Torah in order to figure that out, as we said in previous Shiurim. And fools understand in your heart. A fool knows the wisdom of Torah. He's, a diff- he's different than the simpleton. The problem with the fool is that he fails to apply it to his actions because he lets his evil desires take control. He lets his bad midot overwhelm him. His heart is unable to overcome his evil inclination. And therefore, what does wisdom tell the fool? Wisdom tells the fool, learn to hold your will in check. Let your heart, let your lev control your desires as it's supposed to do so that you will be receptive to chokhmah, to wisdom. Wisdom, says Rav Hirsch, invites everyone to drink from its fountain. It's the fountain of wisdom. And and you have that opportunity before trying to solve all problems. The best way to solve a problem is just to stop and think and lay down the facts. Attain the wisdom required to solve the problem. If anyone tries to fulfill his duties, whether in the role of a spouse or family or a community member or a citizen or even a decent human being without arming himself with the lessons of wisdom, there is no doubt he will ultimately be a failure. The next few Pesukim, Shlomo HaMelech teaches us how to value the words of Torah. In that every letter in the Torah is perfect. Nothing is extra or redundant or irrelevant. Every phrase, every pasuk is perfect and vital to its understanding. And even a change in the spelling of the word may imply a totally different halachic determination. If someone fails to see the significance of the Torah's words, it's due to his lack of understanding, not to any deficiency in the Torah. That the truth and righteousness are beyond question. And that becomes very, very self-evident the deeper and the more one studies the Torah. He begins Pasuk Vav by saying, ki Listen, for I will speak noble things. 
The word negidim is derived from the word nagid. Nagid is a ruler. The Torah here speaks of nobility and importance, says Rashi. All the words of the Torah are like princes and like ministers, and they have to be heard. Rabbi Hananel Bar Papa brought down the Gemara Masechet Shabbat, explains that just as a ruler has a power of life and death in his hands, so too the words of Torah can bring life or death, says the Gemara. Rava, one of the great Amoraim of the Talmud, compares the Torah to Sam HaChaim, a life-giving potion. To those who apply themselves wholeheartedly to learning and understanding, then it becomes a magic potion of life. But it can also become a Sam HaMavit, it can become a deadly poison to those people who don't put their full effort into comprehending the sacred words of the Torah. The Gemara offers another explanation of this pasuk. Every utterance that emanated from Hashem at Har Sinai had two crowns tied to it, figuratively. And these two crowns commemorate B'nai Israel's two expressions of Na'aseh and Ishma. We will do and we will hear. And that represented the unquestioning acceptance of God's will at Har Sinai. So the words of Torah are like rulers wearing royal crowns of Na'aseh ben Ishma. Every word of the Torah is of unfathomable significance. The letters of the Torah can be joined in combinations that form the names of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Gemara tells us in Masechet Baba Batra, the Gemara asks, about the authorship of the last eight Pesukim in the Torah, which describe the death of Moshe Rabbeinu. And the Gemara asks, could Moshe Rabbeinu have written about his own death while he was still alive? How is it possible? So Rabbi Shimon is, answers the question in the Gemara, and his opinion is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu dictated the words of the Pesukim, and Moshe Rabbeinu wrote them Bedema. Bedema with tears, Dma'ot. He wrote them with tears. He's writing about his own death. The Vilna Gaon takes this answer of Rabbi Shimon and he explains it slightly different. And he says that the word Bedema, which we translated as tears, can also mean a mixture, a mixture of letters. When Moshe Rabbeinu recorded the last eight Pesukim of the Torah, he did not form them in the combination of words that we have now in the Torah. Rather, Moshe Rabbeinu wrote them according to very holy names of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that are hidden in the Pesukim. And therefore, the Pasuk didn't read Vayamotsham Moshe, and Moshe died over there, but it was some other combination of letters and words according to Sodot, according to secrets, Kabbalah, hidden mysteries in the Torah. And only after Moshe Rabbeinu's death was Yeshua allowed to write the same Pesukim according to the nigleh, according to what was revealed, the revealed meaning of the Torah. Therefore, even Moshe Rabbeinu did not write about his own death while he was still alive. He wrote the entire Torah. Not one letter was missing. Even though he did not write about his death, not one letter was missing. Unbelievable chidush, if you think about it. Miftach sefatai, Mesharim, the opinion, the opening of my lips will be fair words. Whatever lips are open to utter the words of the Torah is fair and upright. Ki emet For my palate will utter truth. I speak only of truth. 
as opposed to the Yetzirah, that alien woman we spoke about in the past chapter, whose words are based on, on falsehood. The Sfat Emet famously explains that it's very hard to perceive truth in this world. This world is called Alma de Shikra. It's called the world of falsehood. The word Olam, world, is derived from the word He'alem. He'alem means concealment. Truth is hidden under the garment of the natural and the physical. The only way to arrive at truth, says the Sfat Emet, is through the Torah, which reveals the inner spiritual workings of the world. V'to'avat sefatai resha, wickedness is an abomination to my lips. To speak of wickedness, who wants that? Pasuk Chet said, V'tzedek kol imrefi en bahem niftal ve'ikesh. All the words of my mouth are said with righteousness. They contain no twisting or perversity. No, not only is every individual, not only is every law, every statement in the Torah righteous, but all the laws of the Torah are harmonious. They work together. And this actually contrasts sharply with the laws of the land, where things get changed all the time. As we go through a pandemic, ask yourself how many times the law has changed in the last 10 months, over and over and over again. Every politician will make a different law that is often at odds with another politician or another premier or another head of state. Not the Torah. The laws of the Torah work in tandem, together. David HaMelech says, Mishpete Adonai Emet Tzadeku Yahdav the judgments of Hashem are true, all together righteous. Yahdav, when they're taken all together, when you see the Torah as a whole, they are still righteous. And bahem niftal ve'aykesh, there's no twisting, there's no perversity. The words, the words of a human being, the words of a mortal, contain irrelevancies, mistakes. Uh, you, you know, you type something. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean to put it in bold letters. Why did he put an exclamation mark? People misconstrue statements and words. Not so the words of the Torah, the divine words of the Torah. Every instance of a missing letter, missing in quotations, not really missing, or an extra letter, or a enlarged letter, or a change in the order of the words has profound interpretations. Deep wisdom, hidden meanings, not only to the people who dive deep into the uh, into searching for the wisdom of the Torah. One of the great examples I can give you, one of many examples I can give you, where an important principle is derived from just a slight variation in the words of the Torah is found in the laws of Tefillin. The Torah tells us, Vehaya le'ot al yadecha that the tefillin should be a sign on your arm, upon your arm. And our, our Chachamim explained that the word Yadecha, your arm, is spelled differently in the Torah. It's spelled, instead of being spelled Yud, Dalet, Kaf, Sofit, because the Kaf at the end is, a, is just, Kaf, Sofit, a long Kaf, it's spelled Yud, Dalet, Kaf, Hey, Yadecha, to teach us that the tefillin is placed on a person's yad keha. Yad keha is the weaker arm. 
If you are a right-handed person, you put the tefillin on your left arm. If you're lefty, you put it on your right arm. This is learned from the word yadecha, which should just mean your arm. But it's spelled differently. So, and we expound it to mean yad keha. The precision of the Torah's wording often serves as a means to teach us moral lessons. When speaking of the animals that were taken into the, into the ark of Noah, the teva, the Torah tells us, umina be'ema asher enena tehora. And of the animals that are not clean, rather than use the word temea, which means impure or unclean, the Torah uses extra letters, extra words, eight extra letters, asher enena tehora, that are not clean. Why not just say temea? Save some letters, save some words. Why not? So Gemara Masechet Pesachim, we just studied in Dafyomi, says Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi teaches us, from here we see that we always have to avoid using coarse expressions in our speech. Asher enena tehora is a lot nicer than saying temea. It's much nicer to say not good than it is to say evil. And it's a lesson for us. To watch the way we say, watch the words that come out of our mouth, which is a lesson for another time as well. But yet again, we see another example of how the Torah adds words, adds letters to teach us something. Kulam nechochim lamevin. They are all correct to one who understands. One who has the understanding to comprehend the Torah's words will realize that they are all true. Before HaKadosh Baruch Hu created Adam HaRishon, God addressed the angels. And He said, Na'ase Adam betzalmenu kidmutenu. Let us make man. Let us. By using that plural, let us, as if He needed the uh, advice or the confirmation of the angels, God taught us a lesson here that a greater person should show lesser people importance by consulting with them. And the Torah uses this wording, Na'ase Adam, let us make man, despite the possibility that there's going to be people in the future who are going to see this and say, oh, maybe there's multiple gods. Na'ase Adam, maybe there were many gods present at that time in the creation of man. Right? But our, we, our rabbis tell us, Rabbi Hanan says in, in Masechet Sanhedrin, if you ever have a heretic that wants to doubt the creation of the world or HaKadosh Baruch Hu's existence, the refutation is found near. And that's why the Pasuk that comes right after that says, Vayivra Elohim et Adam. And he created, and God created one in the singular form, clearly indicating that God alone created man. Another lesson, Visharim Lemotzeidat, the Torah is upright to those who find knowledge. Even mystical interpretations become clear to those people who have the required level of knowledge. Pasuk Yud, Shlomo HaMelech says, Kehu musari ve'al kasef ve'da'at mecharutz nivhar. Accept my discipline and don't accept my silver. Because knowledge is choicer than fine gold. Put your efforts into the acquisition of musar, of discipline, rather than silver, and the acquisition of knowledge rather than fine gold. The Ralbag renders knowledge should be chosen over gold. One of the students of the Vilna Gaon explains 
why discipline is compared to silver and knowledge compared to gold. Silver is used by both the rich and the poor alike. And so too, Musar discipline is vital to both the learned and the unlearned. Gold, however, is used exclusively by the rich. Just as deep knowledge of the Torah is available only to those who are already rich in, the, in Torah knowledge. You want deep knowledge, you have to be wealthy with the basic knowledge as well. So therefore, not, the deep knowledge is choicer than fine gold, and the discipline, accept the discipline, not the silver. For wisdom is better than pearls. Pearls are valuable because they are rare and they are hard to find. But the hidden meanings of the Torah, they surpass even pearls in their uh, rarity. And all desires in the world cannot compare to the study of the Torah. All the things a person desires because they are so essential to him are not comparable to the Torah. The Gemara and Masechet Moed Katan Daf Tet Amud Bet questions a seemingly con- a seeming contradiction between this pasuk, which just stated all the desires cannot compare to the Torah, and a pasuk that we said that we quoted in the third chapter of Mishlei, which said Vechol Lo Yishvuba, and all of your desires cannot compare to it. Here we said all the desires. And in Paragima, we said all of your desires. All of your desires implies that your personal needs are insignificant in comparison to Torah, and therefore you must give them up in order to study Torah. But we can infer from there that you should interrupt your studies for the sake of Chetzeh Shamaim, for the sake of the desires of heaven, performance of other mitzvot. I should interrupt the Torah if I have to perform a mitzvah. But this command, this pasuk here, vechol chafatim, and all desires, implies the reverse. That Torah study takes priority over everything, even the other commandments. So the Gemara resolves the contradiction by explaining that when there's a mitzvah that can be performed by other people, then Torah study takes precedence. If I'm in the middle of of studying Torah, and I'm a mohel, and there's a Brit Milah in Montreal, I don't have to study, I don't have to stop and seize my Torah study to perform a Brit Milah in Montreal because there's someone else that's going to perform the Brit Milah over there. However, if there's a baby that needs to have a Brit Milah and there's no other, there's no other person to perform the Brit Milah, then I have to stop my learning to go and perform the mitzvah. If the only that person himself can perform the commandment, then I have to stop and seize my study. Sometimes the commandments are personal, such as putting on tefillin, eating matzah on Pesach. Only I can eat matzah on Pesach for me. I can't have someone else eat matzah for me. So therefore, I have to stop my learning to go eat matzah for me. I have to set aside my limud for the sake of the heavenly desire and perform the commandment instead. We'll end off with this. According to the Vilna Gaon, these last Pesukim that we've mentioned allude to the six different parts of the Torah. We have the actual written Torah, scripture. We have the Mishnah, that's number two. The Gemara, number three. Midrash, Agadah, the stories. 
and the sod, the, uh, the mystical parts. Pasuk Vav refers to scripture. Just as one who speaks with a Nagid, we spoke about the Torah being like a ruler, weighs each word he utters. He's careful to do, do anything, to do, he's careful to do everything he does properly and carefully, and not to do something that's unnecessary. So too, the words of the written Torah, the Torah Shebikhtab, were spoken to Moshe and Aharon, who were the nobles of the human race. They were the leaders. They wore the crowns. Their words were precise. And everything was straight and upright. And Yashat, Pasuk Zayin, which speaks about truth, which speaks about Emet, refers to the Mishnah. Because the Mishnah is what gives the laws very concisely. What is permitted, what is forbidden, what is pure, what is impure, what is valid, what is invalid. Truth is what the Mishnah rules to be permitted, pure, or valid. And wickedness is what rules to be an, ab- an abomination, or what's forbidden, impure, or invalid. Pasukhet refers to the Gemara, which, dis- which discusses and elucidates the Mishnah. The Gemara is the epitome of tzidkut, of tzedakah, of righteousness. And even when the rabbis say there's something missing in the Gemara for those who study, there are words that are missing, meaning that there needs to be additional words inserted to properly explain the text. This is what it means. There's not no twisting or perversity in the discussions of the Gemara. Everything is betzidkut. Verse 9, Pasuk Tet refers to the Midrash, the Midrashic literature, and the Pasuk there calls it Nechochim. And although some laws from the Midrashic literature may not seem to be what is indicated by the plain meaning of the Pasuk, but it's correct, uh, and, and therefore we have to understand that. Pasuk Yud refers to the Agadah that teaches Musar, ethics, discipline. The stories of our Chachamim are, are meant to teach us lessons. Achachamim advised that someone who wants to know more of Borei Olam, more of the creator of the world, should learn the Agadah. And our Pasuk tells us that those words of our Agadah are more precious than silver and gold. And last but not least, Pasuk Yud Aleph refers to the part of the Agadah that is known as Sod, that is known as the mysteries of the Torah. They are precious because they are very rare. They are rarer than pearls and because they are needed beyond all other human desires. We have to put whatever, push everything that we don't need as unnecessary to try to taste just a little bit of these deep mystical insights. Bezat Hashem, next week we will continue in our discussion of the power of the Torah, Torah being the source of the true success, Torah being generous to the people who love it, and much, much more uh, pearls of wisdom by Shlomo HaMelech. Wishing everybody a wonderful night ahead.